Hello and welcome to episode six of the Absolute Game of Nerds with your non-geek, non-nerd hosts, JP and Rohan. Uh, today we're going to be talking about grading and pricing of your books. So let's go ahead and get into it. Rohan, you had some stuff you want to talk about first, right? Uh, yeah, actually, so it's episode six. We're following up on our episode five, which was our interview with Errol and his quest for Superman 1. Uh, so just that'd be fun. There's actually a Superman one up on Heritage Auctions right now. Arrows, if you remember, was a, a 0.5 grade. Uh, this is a 5.0. So, I mean, this is magnitudes of a higher level copy. Um, and the current bid is with the buyer's fee of $615,000. Wow. Um, which is uh, just wild. I mean, I imagine that book's going to go even higher. I think it's in the live bidding stage now. So, I mean... 800,000 maybe who knows we'll see where it goes you, you um, know that's a question on how that works because you've done ebay auctions and i we'll talk about that later on but ebay and i've done some recent auctions and it seems like things are kind of stagnant you get a couple bids early on they're stagnant and then with that last yeah with ebay last minute it's like bam 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 yeah i remember on uh when the previous 4.5 superman one went up at heritage um Swagglehoss had a video where he was watching the live feed and it was like stuck. I don't know what it was at. But then when it got down, it, so it's something like it comes down to like the last couple minutes. And then if someone bids, it gets extended like another three minutes or something. Like I, I don't know if that's how every bid works, but that's how this one did. So like when it got down to the end, he's like, oh, it got extended another three minutes because someone bid. It's like, oh, got extended another three minutes. And like it went in that like short period of time, it like went up another $200,000 or something oh, like wow. that. So yeah, so there's definitely people like waiting to see, you know, where the numbers go and, you know, if they're still within their range, they'll add, add at the end. You know, obviously that's they're sticking thing. around, hoping that they can get it for cheaper. With eBay, it's kind of like if you wait to the last 30, I don't know what the best route is, you know, we'll maybe end up more later on, but as you get within 30 seconds and you click a bid, if someone's got faster internet than you, they can get that last second bid in. Yeah, and, I remember uh, when I, so I don't do too much of the, I obviously don't do eBay really much at all anymore, but uh, I remember early on I did, I was doing an eBay auction for an ASM 238, the first hop. It was like, it, it, it was like nothing. There was no bids on it. So it was like, the starting bid was like, I don't know, 150 bucks or something. It was just me. And I was like, and it got down to like the literally like under 36, like, holy crap, I'm gonna get this. You know, so cheap. Yeah, I know. And then, and then in the last ten seconds, it was like, bim, 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 and it went for like four hundred fifty dollars. I was like, <laughs> well, yeah, there goes that. Yeah, it's so disheartening sometimes that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the other thing we're gonna talk before we get into this, uh, JP got one of his big books already uh, from uh, his hunt list. So JP, why don't you show that off? Yeah, let me grab it here. Look at that. Giant size X Men number one, 4.5. And that's a beautiful 4.5 copy, too. Yeah, it looks pretty good. I, um, I do see one little crease that I didn't see on the pictures, uh, but it doesn't really affect the book. And this is a uh, square bound, too, which I didn't yeah. realize that, just like the Doom book I have. And they do tend to get worn on the sides, and that yeah. didn't affect this grade too much and really can't see it. But it is a, you know, it's. You know, once you hold in your hand, like I was telling Rohan earlier, like, you know, for me, once I the hunt is done with, I'm, I kind of move on, unfortunately, and don't relish the, the kill here. But uh, I, I was we said earlier we were hunting the uh, 
the elk and I hit a moose. So <laughs> the elk, the, the Hulk 181 is still out there. Still uh, out but there. I, a moose came in the way and I shot the moose first. Hey, and I, as talking, I, I think that GSX one is a good, um, a good book to invest in. You know, yeah, again, it, just our opinion. It's a good book to, you can get good prices on it now. And I think it's potential has a lot to go. Yeah, I mean, it's. I saw the price. We we, we talked about it, and I thought it, it made sense given where it was at, and you know, long term spec on it, long term hold. Again, it was a book we both all. You have it too, you know. We both wanted it. It's part of that PC collection stuff, and you know, when you're out hunting and it, the moose goes in your in your crosshairs instead of the elk or the elk, whatever you're looking for, right? You shoot yeah. it if it's if it's there, if it's a good shot. So it, it yeah. you know, so we're we're happy with it now. So. Yeah, and uh, and this kind of ties into what we're going to talk about today, which is pricing and grading. Um, and we're going to start with grading. Um, as you saw, as we talked about the Superman 1, you know, we talked about it was a 5.0. You just saw um, JP's GSX 1 is a 4.5. Um, so, I mean, we're going to start with the basic, right? What is grading, right? Grading, really, to keep it simple, is just a service that's provided by a company that evaluates the quality of the current condition of your comic book right and it's on a scale from zero to ten um and obviously the higher the grade you get the more valuable um the book gets and we'll talk about it in, in a little bit like how grade correlates to price and how that increases along along the line going up um but to start off we'll start about who who does the grading right um and when it comes to grading there are two primary companies and we've mentioned this before in a prior podcast you have cgc which is the certified guarantee company. And you have CBCS, which is the comic book certification service. There are other services like PGX and EG, EGS that also do rating. Um, but when it comes to comic books, like I mean, CGC is the lion's shotgun. I don't know numbers, but I'd guess it's probably over 75% of the market. Um, and then the remaining 25, I would assume CBCS has got the majority of that with just a small bit for PGX and EGS. Yeah, and I've, um, well, you'll talk about the differences and the value later on, but you'll, I see more and more CBCS. They have some benefits, um, you know, that CGC doesn't offer again with signatures and whatnot. I'm not sure if you want to. We'll, yeah, we'll get, about. we'll, we'll, we'll get into that here in, in, in a little bit here. But. Again, well, I want to preference everything. We are not professional graders or professional price uh, yeah. dealers, right? So we're talking about the overall companies that utilize it, not how to grade your books, right? So, yeah. you know, why do you choose CGC over CBCS and things like that? And uh, again, how to submit, which is I asked you about this last time. So I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. And so I just added a picture here. You can see this is the current CGC case. Uh, and you can see the grade up there in the upper left-hand corner. And I think it's a nice, clean-looking case. And there is older cases, and they definitely are. The older ones are a little uglier. Um, but I think the first thing to talk about when it comes to, like, you know, choosing CGC over CBCS uh, is the value. Um, when I first got into uh, comic book collecting back in, you know, back in this past year, I was kind of surprised to find how there are couple, multiple companies that grade and even if you have one book that's graded, you know, 5.0 from one company and another company that grades at 5.0, depending on who grades what, one 5.0 is um, more valuable than another 5.0. Um, and I think, you know, and it's, if, as you know, like, as we've talked about, right, the value is going to be highest 
on the CGC, right? It's kind of the gold standard um, when it comes to grading, and that's going to get you the best bang for your buck. Now, one one thing I want to bring up is 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 CBCS is more of a stringent grader than CGC. I that I I don't know. I think, it, and again, and this is also something we'll talk about here in a, in a few minutes. Is like at the end of the day, like grading is a very subjective thing, and it's you know you have individuals that do the grading, and so. A 5.0 to one person, maybe a 5.5 to the person that comes tomorrow, right? And that could be the same between one company or the next. So I, I don't, I haven't heard one is more stringent. I know you've heard that CBCS may be more stringent. You know, I've seen people that have like cracked cases and switched services and got higher. I've seen them get lower. So I just, it's just, it's kind of a, I don't know. I, I honestly don't have hard data on that. Yeah, I've heard that too, where people say, well, this is an 8.5 for CG, or CBCS. So if you crack it, send it to CGC, mm-hmm. you'll probably get a 9.2 yeah. or higher. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to crack this and ruin it by trying to crack yeah. it. So. Yeah, and I think in all reality, I think the main reason why people will crack and like send it to CGC when it was a CBCS, I think it's just more for the, if it's a, especially if it's something that's going to be like a long term hold, it's just for the value add of the CGC just being the gold standard. And I'll give you a couple examples. So, and I'll give you on the low end, and I'll give you on the extreme high end. So yesterday I was scrolling through Instagram, and it was a modern book, right? And so I don't remember what exactly it was, but it was nine point eight. And the picture they had on the Instagram post was a CGC 9.8. And they had the list price for $100. Or no, excuse $110, right? They also then in the in the, in the description said, there is also a CBCS 9.8 as well available. Its price is $100, right? So we're on the small end here. And even from that 100 to 110, like that's a 10% change in value and up value just by going with the CGC. Now that may or may not be important to most people, but the thing is, is these things do get sold at different prices. So whether or not it's important to you doesn't change the fact that it is on the market side of things does make a difference. Right. And so as you get to more and more expensive books, that value gap grows. So uh, a Great, perfect example of this is uh, Ryan from Automatic Comics. He did a video on, he does videos a lot of times on like the big sales at Heritage Auctions. And he was like, oh, did you guys see what happened this weekend? He's like, the biggest book that sold was a Tales of a Suspense 39, right? Which is the first appearance of Iron Man. So this is a huge high dollar book, right? And this was a high grade book, right? This is a CBCS 9.6, right? And this is just literally like a month and a half ago. And the 9.6 went for $150,000, right? That is obviously not chump change. That is a huge amount of money for one comic book. But the last previous 9.6 that was sold of the Tales of Suspense uh, 39 was a CGC 9.6. And it sold in 2013. So we're talking nine years ago, right? We all know the market has grown. The market has changed in nine years. That 9.6 in 2013 sold for $275,000, right? That obviously is is kind of a bit fluky, I'd imagine, with that big of a gap over a nine-year period. But for example, earlier this year, a CGC 9.2 sold for $162,000, right? 
So that's two grade bumps lower than the 9.6 and it sold for $12,000 more, right? So if you bought that book, you got a smoking deal for it being a 9.6 CBCS at that price. Even so, you probably bet that that owner that bought that book at that price is going to crack it out, send it to CGC. And even if they get a 9.2, a 9.4, they've already added value, even though they may have gone down in grade. Like that, that is the difference in value add, right? So like that is just kind of like reason number one. And, and I think when it comes to collecting and your collection and things like that, like, is there a better reason to use one over the other than value? Like, I don't really think so. Any uh, well, thoughts on that, JP? I do. I, I would, if you have any books and, and the signature series is something that's only to CGC, but what CBCS offers when it comes to books already signed is that they will verify the signature and yeah. put it on a yellow label yeah. already. Yeah. So I, you don't need it to be verified by in, in person by CGC or done done at their studios. CBCS will just verify it, which is nice if you have, I found a bunch of books with signatures on them, not a whole lot of value to them, but if I was going to submit them in one of them, like one's a dread star, number one signed by Jim Starlin, mm -hmm. that'd be cool to get signed. I don't have any authenticity guarantee on it, Yeah. but CBCS would probably put a yellow label on it. Yeah. And so, so uh, to kind of explain a little further. So first off too, CGC was a first grading company and they came out, I want to say it was 2001. So, you know, they're just on the verge of, you know, 20 plus years and CBCS is further, right? Obviously there are so many books out there that have signatures from before 2001, right? Especially if you got something like a Stan Lee signature or a Jack Kirby signature, or um, Errol had that super, the death of Superman book that was signed by, was it Schuster or Seagal, right? Mm -hmm. These guys passed away before these Grady companies were ever existed. So CGC, it, it will only give you a verification of signature if they specifically witness it, right? Either one of somebody that works for CGC or they have uh, a facilitator that they contract with that literally watches that artist or writer, whoever it is, sign the book. And, they, and then it, you get, so you can see in the picture here, this is a blue label. And they have a signature series gold label if you get the signature. CBCS, though, on the other hand, they do both. They call witnessed and verified, but both get the gold label. So if you were to acquire a book and it was signed, you this is the one time I think you do use CBCS is because you could get it sent to CBCS, get a gold label, so it's a signature verified. Um, if you sent that into CGC and it wasn't verified by them, you'd get what they call a green qualified label, um, which also, you know, deducts value from your book if it's in that qualified um, realm. Yeah, no one wants that. Yeah. So that, that I will say that is one significant advantage that CBCS um, offers. Um, the other advantage I would say too right now with CGC is, you know, and I know people have stories from way back. My books have been at CGC for a year. My books have been there for two years. I don't know then, I didn't collect then. I know now though, like CGC's turn times are cooking. I mean, I just submitted some books recently and I think I got them back within a month, right? I've heard people have them back within a couple of weeks. Um, wasn't yours a couple of weeks, JP, when you did a submission? Felt like it was maybe three weeks tops to get yeah. mine back. Yeah, exactly, right? So CBCS, I don't know what their turn times are. From what I hear, they are longer. Um, but like, it's not going to get any faster than a couple weeks, no matter what. Right. So it's like, you can't beat that. Um, the other point I'll say, and this is my personal opinion. I just think CGC cases look way better. 
uh, I think CVCS would benefit from uh, adding a designer that would look at this. Like if you look at my picture here, you got this nice blue CGC label, right? And then this is a CBCS label, which I just think looks, I don't know, to me, it looks cheaper. That again, is just my opinion. Um, so, you know, some people yeah. like the CBCS case, I'm sure. I don't, I think someone's, someone had said, I have one CBCS, my ASM 238. And someone said that it's a sturdier case. I haven't noticed it to be like that and above sturdiness. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, I don't mind it that much. I do tend to, my eyes are fixated to the CGC label more so than CBCS. So I'll usually, if I'm on eBay or on Instagram looking at a book and it's in, and it's a CBCS, I might pass depending on the deal. But yeah. I, I definitely would prefer CGC. And I think it's a nicer looking label, like you said, plus they have the custom labels. Yeah, that's what I was going to point out. That, that's my other favorite thing about CGC is like they offer these. And these are only for limited time. So it's not like you get every label that you want all the time. But they offer at these times these custom labels. So I have this Dr. Doom book. And they've got a sweet Dr. Doom custom label. It just adds a little style to the case. I think I love, I know a lot of people, there's a lot of people out there that don't like these. Um, I think they're awesome. Um, they do cost us a $5 add on, which obviously sucks, but um, I, I, I think it looks great. So. I think CBC or a CGC or if CBCS wanted to um, differentiate the, themselves on the labels is make a, interchangeable label, custom label. So let's say you get the Doom one here and then the Fantastic Four movie comes out and they have a new label. You can interchange the label. Uh, just pop oh, it yeah. in there. That'd yeah. be cool as opposed to it having to send it back and get it relabeled. I think that's a pain in the butt. I um, think so um, one area that CBCS could get an advantage is CGC only has these label deals worked out with Marvel. Right, yeah. Right? There's no deal with DC. And I don't know what the holdup is there. But yeah. like if CBCS can nail like a deal with DC, like I think a lot of people would be like, oh, I want to get the Superman label. I want to get the Batman label. Like that looks great. And that would be, yeah. I think, a, but I don't know how that works out with DC or what. I don't know if that's not something DC wants to do or they're working on it with CGC or with CB. I have no idea. Right. But I think that is one area that they could definitely get a, a leg up if they were looking for areas to get a leg up on. Yep, I agree. Um, so that's kind of the why of CGC versus CBCS. I will say again, um, we also mentioned there are a couple other grading companies, uh, PGX and EGS. Uh, we talked about that value gap, right? The gap is even bigger when you're going to get PGX and EGS. And I think a lot of that is also for the reason, like I have seen, um, like I know Bryce Comics just did a, a story on a YouTube video one where, and I haven't had this experience myself personally, but there are horror stories you hear where you'll buy a unrestored copy of a book that's PGX graded, for example, right? And then you look at it and you find restoration on it. So there is definitely thought out there in the world that like there was a time at least when some of these lower tier grading companies would just give things blue labels to help, you know, sell books and get the people to use their service. Um, and you can just look on YouTube to find stories like this. They're all over, like literally dozens of them. Um, so it's just something to be aware of. Does that mean you should never buy PGX? You know, I'm not going to say no, especially if you get a screaming deal on something. Um, but I do know now that there are dealers that like literally specifically say we will not sell that brand uh, graded books because of these risks. So it's just something to be aware of. Yeah, I think that's. That's part of PGX's problem is just um, 
bad publicity yeah. that they can't change or maybe should work on changing. Same with CBCS. So yeah, and CBCS is owned by Beckett, who is the yeah, baseball card. Yes, I mean Beckett. I don't know if they're owned or they're I, yeah, but there is. I think they're owned by Beckett, but yeah. so you figure that there's Beckett's been around since the '90s, and there should be some money there, maybe to put some more into CBCS to compete. But I, I think they're happy where they're at. Yeah. And PGX and the others are just on the, you know, on the outside looking in, trying to get a better, um, better respect somehow, but it's not going to come about with stories on YouTube or no. on the internet from what you just yeah. said. They definitely got a reputation that they've got to, they got to turn around. Um, and, that's, and that's why if you're going to buy a book on Instagram and you see it's graded, there's really no, you know, you, there's no question. Right. The, yeah. That's that is the value of the book. You can't fight it. It is what it is. You can fight on price, but you know that book is what you're getting. Yeah. And that's the nice yeah. part about grading. Same with CBCS. I wouldn't have a problem. But at least when you buy a graded book through the mail services, it's getting mailed to you. You know, there's no question what that grade is. is. Yeah. And I mean, that, and that's the premium you pay for. Right. Along with like, you know, there are costs to grade books. So that adds value and things like that. And we're going to talk about the cost here in just a sec. Um, but yeah, exactly. Right. That's why someone, especially as you get into these higher level books, right. If you're spending, like we've talked about on the Hulk 181 episode, you're spending $5,000 on a book. If you're going to buy that book raw, you know, be sure you trust who you're buying for it. You know, or you have the ability to take a look at it. Right. Because that would be, that would suck. You, you buy a book for $5,000, your expectations are oh, going to be like around a 5.0 blue label. You send it in, comes back. 4.0 purple, like you just lost thousands of dollars, right? That that's the horror story nightmare that you don't want, right? So if you buy raw, especially at those high end books, like have some trust, know what you're buying, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's just, that's the tough part about it. It's why grading is nice. Some people say I will never grade a book. I like them raw because um, they want to read through it. There's plenty of reprints you can buy. Yeah. You know, like I have a new Mutants 98 reprint. I can read that one all I want, keep my, my graded one. So yeah. uh, I think, you know. And especially now, like you can get almost every comic book online and read it on your phone. All right. So, yeah. Um, so just real quick, too, when it comes to the, these labels uh, that we see, like right we have. So this is back to the basic CGC. So there's a couple of different labels, right? There's the blue label, which is just what they call the universal label um and it's just going to be it the book is what it is there's no restoration there's no it's complete and it's unrestored that's the what you always kind of want to look for is the blue label right otherwise right if you have a gold label that means it is a uh, verified signature series label then that's also you know a label that is desirable the two you want to avoid obviously the ones you don't want to get are the restored which is purple um and then they have a qualified, which is green, which is usually something that comes up if the book is like missing a page or missing a Marvel value stamp or, um, or um, like I said earlier, right? If you have a signature that's unverified, CGC will give that a green label. And it'll even say something like, name Jim Lee written on book. And it's just like, <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah. Just, well, the thing on CBCS is that they'll give a blue label even if it's missing the Marvel value stamp. Yeah, and that's exactly. Were... Yeah, CBCS, it will have, their gold label and they have their blue label. And we've seen books that have restoration. They, they even list on the blue label, like restoration or missing this. And so it's like, it's confusing. It's like, I think that day when we talked about it, it was like, I saw an X-Men one and it was like a 4.5. And obviously it's not a book that I can afford right now. Right. But it was at the time it was like $4,500. I said, she was like, Oh my God, 
It's a 4.5 X-Men one for 45. This is a screaming deal, right? This book normally would go for like, you know, $16,000, say. And then like JP's like, no, look at that label. It's a blue CVCS, but it says right there, restoration includes. It's like, oh, yeah. shit. That threw me for a loop. And that's the thing to uh, watch out for, at least on CBCS. So, yeah. Um, and then real quick, too, like on the grading scale, like I said, it goes from zero to 10. Um, and everyone's going to be the same on this as far as I know. I know CGC and CBCS are same. But you got 0.5 would be the first grade and then 1.0. And then in 1.0, it does go 1.0, 1.5, 1.8, and then 2.0. But from 2.0 to 9.0, it just goes by 0.5. So 2.0, 2.5, 3.0, 3.5, so on and so forth, all the way to 9. Once you get to 9, they have 9.2, 9.4, and 9.8, right? And then they also do have 9.9 and 10.0, which to me is like crazy stuff. Like I don't know, especially like I would get it, understand it. Like if you have like a modern book, it just got printed in, and it gets sent directly to CGC and no one's touched it, it gets a 10.0, I get that or something, or a 9.9. But like, there's a Hulk 181 on the census that had, there's one that is a 9.9. .9. The book is from 1974. Like, how is there a 9.9 .9 of this book? Right? I, I, I have <laughs> and, no idea. And like, can you really legitimately tell me looking at this 9.9 .9 and then have a 9.8 .9 next to it and tell me that there's a difference? Like, I just, I, I and that's why I feel like there's like, there's a, there, it has been talked about like, there's kind of this idea of like, is it actually a 9.9 .9 or is it like some point we're at some ratio of rays? They're just like, oh, we've got, you know, 4,000 9.8s. We should probably do a one 9.9 .9 on the <laughs> next 9.8 comes in, right? And like, it, just to make something unique and they just, and like, does it have justification? I have no idea. That's just kind of a pie in the sky thought. But like, again, like a, a 1974 book at a 9.9, .9, that doesn't make any sense to me, right? And what's also crazy, and we, you and I have talked about the frustration with this is that so a 9.6 to a 9.8. So 9.8, theoretically, 9.8 is essentially, for the most part, what you're looking at is going to be the highest grade you're ever going to achieve. But it's not a linear scale in value increase when you go up the grade scale. And specifically, when you jump from a 9.6 to a 9.8, the jump is massive, right? Like I've seen, um, and now the price, these aren't current price, but I remember I watched a live sale on A1 and they had an ASM 316, right? Which is a great atomic faller and first full cover of Venom. Super awesome cover. It was a 9.6 for $400. Then they had a 9.8, same exact book, but a 9.8. So one grade bump up, but it's that 9.8. And it was $1,000, right? So it's a 250% change in cost from the 9.6, 9.8. Why I say that's frustrating is, if you look at graded books enough, you'll come to find that on any given day, a 9.6 could be a 9.8 and a 9.8 could be a 9.6. Hell, it could even be a 9.4 because grading is subjective and who knows who's looking at it that day. And oftentimes too, like when you get your books graded, you'll have greater notes and it'll be like, your book was a 7.0 because of these flaws, right? I have several books that are 9.2, 9.4, 9.6, and there'll be no greater notes there available. <laughs> like, which is frustrating as hell. It's like, if there are no notes, how is this not a 9.8, right. right? And so it's just like, what? and so because of that subjectivity, it frustrates me that there's such a huge value gap between a 9.6 and a 9.8. Yes, I, I can, I get a five to a 9.8, a 5.0, but a 9.6 to 9.8. Yeah. Like 
I think the most recent, one of the more recent books I got was the Ultimate Fallout Four and a nine six. Maybe it's a seven hundred dollar book. Might have dropped a little bit since then, but I think a nine eight is like eighteen hundred dollars or two grand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, on it, a modern book, can you tell the difference? Like you said, no. Yeah, it's I mean, and that's why you hear people talk about like, like I know Bryce Comics uses that term. This is a CPR candidate because people will get like a nine four book or they'll get a nine six, and they know like if I crack this out, I'll give it another press, I'll set it back with the hopes that it's going to come back a 9.8, right? And I've seen people, if you look on YouTube, they'll people, there are people that'll do this three or four times with the hope that on one of these submissions, it will come back in a 9.8. And because of that value add to the jump to the 9.8, it would be worth it to submit it up to like five times, especially if you're in that modern tier. Yeah, for roughly $1,000 or $1,200 difference on just Ultimate Fallout, think of that 9.9 on the Hulk 181 with that value yeah i mean exactly yeah so like we're talking about the value increase from nine six to nine eight like it's even crazier you get a nine eight to a nine nine so like the nine nine hulk 181 sold several years ago i don't know what it is what year exactly but it was several years ago and it was one hundred fifty thousand. a 9.8 now is right around the range of a hundred thousand dollars um i think the highest sale is like one hundred thirty-eight thousand. so like the thought is that if the 9.9 ever comes back for sale that's going to go a million plus right so again that's a huge jump and i saw uh i don't remember who i was trying to find it i couldn't find it but it was like elite or grails i saw on instagram they had a secret wars 8 um which is the black suit spider-man origin with a great orange cover with the him and the jazz hands and it was a 9.9 now a 9.8 secret wars 8 right now goes you could get anywhere a, a regular direct copy not a new sim but a direct copy you can get in the range of 650 say to 850 dollars somewhere in there right now this 9.9 was listed at over twenty thousand dollars like what yep. the hell yep well and that's uh that's ridiculous i mean does it make that much of a difference in your collection i don't know yep. what the upside is on that book long term to have the 99 if you're the only one like the only 181 yeah maybe yeah have it like i think there's um like I think there's like 10 uh, 9.9 ASM 300s, which is the first appearance of Venom. I've never seen one come for sale, but I can only imagine what that would go for, right? Whereas you could get a 9.8 ASM 300 that's going to be a couple thousand bucks. But well, a 9.9. That's, that's what you and I were talking about is when I started, when I got back into collecting, I had a friend of mine tell me that basically looking for 9.8s. And so I started looking on, uh, probably was eBay for a 9.8 ASM 300. I wanted that book back. I've said this story before. It's one I sold. I shouldn't have done that. Should have kept it. So I was on the hunt to find it again. And he said to get it in a nine eight. And I swear that book was selling for between four and four and six thousand bucks, somewhere in that range. And that I, that was a newsstand. The newsstand just sold, or I saw Elite had it for sale, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. So you imagine if I'd have bought that then, I wouldn't have put six grand into a book. But wow, to get 14000 in, in less than a year with the overall market going down. And the direct copy doesn't have that same appreciation. A 9.8 direct versus 9.8 newsstand, I think, was 20000 and 6000 again. Yeah. And that, yeah, the newsstand. So for those that don't know kind of what newsstand versus direct. Um, so especially if you're in like the silver and bronze age, this is not something you really need to worry about. It's kind of around the 80s. There's this big influx of comic book shops. Right. Yeah, so Marvel and whoever would sell directly to the comic book shop and they would give it. So, yeah, there JP's got a new set. So if you look at the Thor 337 I have on the screen here, right, you look in the bottom left corner, there's that Spider-Man in that little box. 
right? You'll get something like that. That's the direct copy what they got. So that was sold directly to a comic book shop, right? A newsstand like JP has, which has that barcode right there. And you'll know specifically because at the end of the barcode number, there's a two-digit number, right? And that's usually the biggest identifier of the newsstand copy. Because some books still have barcodes, but they don't have that two-digit identifier. That means it was sold at like a grocery store or a gas station in a spinner rack, right? So the, the thought is that first off, there were a lot more direct copies because they sold, at that time, they sold a lot more through comic book shops than through grocery stores. So you mean the other way around. And they saw more at grocery stores until 84, 85. Yeah, yeah. Before, before, yeah. Before then, mm -hmm. yeah, they sold more, but they didn't have newsstand and direct, right? So once newsstand came into play, at some point, they, they started selling more at comic book shops. So after like, I don't know, what is it, 1985? I don't know exactly, right? Started to trail toward, more towards comic shop left. Newsstand. Exactly, yeah. right. And so the newsstand version is a, not only is it a less circulated copy of that book, but also the theory is like because it sat on a spinner rack versus like a nice wall or something like that at a comic book store, the, the chances of it getting a higher grade one is less likely, right? So if you get a 9.8 newsstand, that's going to be worth significantly more than a 9.8 direct. And and back in the day, I, from my understanding, is the newsstand version, if it was sold in a comic book shop, because there was few of them in the, what, the Bronze Age in the 70s or late 70s to 80s, there would be a line right down on the, yeah. on the newsstand. That meant it was a direct copy sold at a comic book shop or yeah. bookstore. So if you find one with a line through it, that's not a that's not an error. That just meant it was sold at a comic book shop before they started putting that mm -hmm. special label on the or on the bottom left side uh, what Spider Man is. Yeah. So um, and again, if you're you know into those Silver Age books or early Bronze Age books, this was not a thing. There is no such thing as a newsstand and a direct. Right. This is something that is uh, more evolved. And I think now, I, I, as of now, that I think the newsstand is now completely gone. I think that stopped like sometime in the last decade. Yep. Um, so very few there is, you might find one or here or there. It's yeah. Very, it's almost like less than 1%. Yeah. Um, so that was just a quick aside on, on that. Um, but it is something, especially if you're someone that's buying books that are in that kind of 1985 to, you know, not too long ago, like understand what a newsstand is. And again, that's something you can obviously reach out to us and talk to us about. Um, okay, real quick, let's get into just submitting uh, what it is like to submit to CGC and CBCS and any of these um, grading companies. Um, so first off, I, you know, you could obviously just send in any book in its current state, right? And they're going to grade it at that current level. My personal advice, if you are going to take the time to grade your book, invest a couple more bucks and get that thing at a minimum cleaned and pressed, Right. Um, so what does that mean? Clean the press, right? So there's a lot of, you know, especially with, as books get older, right? You get dirt that accumulates on them. You get some stains. There are companies now that have techniques and things like that, that can clean some of these things, not everything, right? But especially like surface dirt or grime that builds up on the book, you know, you can get it dry clean and they just kind of work on the cover or the back cover and they clean that off significant value add potentially to your book, right? Also, your book could have a non-color breaking creasing in the cover, right? That would bump you down a grade, say, right? That theoretically has a chance to be pressed out, right? A press is just essentially like ironing the book, right? You just put some heat, some weight, press thing together to flatten the book out as much as possible, right? You could also pick, fix things like spine rolls and things like that with presses. Um, so it's going to like tidy up your book 
to make it in the best shape possible before you send it to CGC or CBCS. And, you know, again, like I said, in my opinion, if you're going to go to the time, take the time to um, grade your book, I highly recommend getting um, it cleaned and pressed first. That way you can maximize your value. Now, would you do that through CGC or would you send it to somebody else first? So um, CGC does, and um, that's also something we'll touch on here in a sec, but that CGC does have a pressing service. I believe CBCS does too. Um, however, I heard the wait times on both of those ads significantly. Um, I don't know what CBC is, but like, I've heard like if you go through, so CGC has what is called CCS, which is their pressing service. I think they charge 20 bucks and they, it'll add like up to a year yeah. on your book. So from everyone I've ever talked to in this hobby, they all say, find someone locally or you trust that does it because typically most graders that I've talked to or most pressers that I've talked to, your turn time is right around six weeks, which is still a long time, but it's a lot better than a year. I have right. recently found one um, that says they're in the two to three week range. So on my next mission, I'm going to try them out. And then, you know, when that happens, so we can talk and see if that was. And you have someone that. local. That's what I was just going to ask, because I don't know of anyone local to me. So to send out my book in the mail, hopefully it comes back. Then to send it to CGC again. Yeah. That's kinda... yeah and I will say, too, if you're going to send your book into grade, there are a lot of pressure. I think most would do this. If you fill out the CGC paperwork or if you don't have a CGC account, um, they have accounts often where you can send it to them. They'll clean and press it and then they'll send it directly to CGC. That way you don't have to pay for shipping back to you and then shipping to CGC. You just have to pay for it all going in one direction. Um, so I found a presser this week that I've been talking to uh, under pressure, comic pressing, I think it is. Um, I think their Instagram is up comic pressing so up comic pressing and they're not local to me i'm in seattle um they're in florida but what i really like them is a their turn time they said is two to three weeks but what they do is they since they're in florida real close to sarasota which is where cgc is they just every other week drive to sarasota and drop your books off directly huh. to cgc because what happens when you mail in your book to cgc it has to get checked in. And that check-in time could take a week, could take two weeks, right? With them dropping it directly off at CGC, you skip that process and it goes directly into the queue. That to me is a huge benefit. So that's why I want to give them a try. Um, and I'm sure yeah. there are other cleaners and pressers in Florida that may do the same thing. This is just the one I found. Uh, but yeah, most pressers that I've found though will also forward your book to CGC to avoid the back and forth um, with your comic book. And that's the thing that sucks about grading and pressing, right? It's like, you have to say goodbye to your book for a certain amount of time. And like, especially if it's like a huge high dollar book, like who knows what could happen, right? Getting lost in the mail and things like that. Right. It's obviously why people talk about getting books insured when they send them and things like that. Uh, but it just sucks when your book's not in your hand anymore. And it's something you bought. It's your baby. It's like, you don't want to let it go. And it's out of your control too. Cause yeah. you have no, you know, if it's going in the mail or whatever happens, some hurricane at certain uh, CGC. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's Florida, right? So hurricanes are definitely yeah. big. They had a hurricane uh, in the last year, and they said they were able to – they secured everything. They didn't lose anything. But, yeah, it is definitely – it's out of your control. Um, also, when you're going to pack up those books, obviously pack them up securely, right? You don't want to send them in a package where your book's going to get thrown around in the mail and get tossed around in the box and then degrade in quality and therefore get you a lower grade. So you're going to wrap that thing up, add some bubble tape, right? You know, you know, you talk about like the Gemini mailers, bubble wrapping and, and CGC even you can buy directly through their shop, like a packing 
kit, right? Well, they'll send you a box. They'll send you Gemini Millis. They'll send you bubble wrap that way. But you can also just go on Amazon and buy all these supplies. But that way, when you send your book in, it is as secure and safe as possible from getting further damage in the process of shipping. Make sure you take pictures of your book. I heard this on Bronze yeah. and Modern Gods. Take pictures of your books before you send them in. And um, one tip is when you put in into the um, Mylar or into your um, you know plastic sleeve, flip it around so that the plastic opens up backwards so that CGC yeah. can just slide your book right out as opposed to the other way around. It's just faster for them less less yeah. chance of a screw up from what i from what i gather but yeah yeah and the last thing i think to talk about just so jp is talking about the pressing services right so cgc does offer a few services as well um uh, i don't know if cpcs does all of these i know they ask i know they do pressing i don't know if they do the other stuff but at cgc you could also get restoration done which i don't think is going to be very popular these days right Back in the day, people wanted books restored because it made them look nicer. Now we know that there's a huge drop in value, so everyone wants their books unrestored. So CBC, C, excuse, CGC also does offer restoration removal, uh, and there's a process of, like you have to send it in for screening, and they have to analyze it, and whether or not it can, because not all restoration can be removed. <clears throat> like if it's color touch, for instance, like if it's a light color touch, they can scrape it off, right? Or like if it's a little heavier, they'll like just like if you have like let's just say color touch on the edge of this book, they'll just like take scissors and cut it out, right? So restoration removal does may mean that your book will come back uglier, but because it's unrestored, that may have a higher value than if you were to leave it as prettier but with a restored purple label. So it is up to you for what you want. Okay, it's. You can take a nine eight and turn it to a one zero, but you can't take a one zero and turn it to a nine eight and get no. a blue label. That's what. <laughs> no. Not interesting. Yeah. Um, so that kind of wraps up uh, what we wanted to talk about when it comes to grading. Again, there are a lot of nuances here. Um, if you are someone that is, you know, wanting to, you don't know much about grading, you want to get books graded, do research. Right learn the nuances of it oh actually no we really quickly got to talk about the tiers real quick sorry yeah because that was my question gonna be yeah, to you. yeah sorry so when you submit a book right there is costs involved with grading your books right and so they have what they call tiers so the most basic cheapest tier is what they call the modern tier and it is from any book from 1975 up you can submit under the modern tier now you are allowed to do modern up to a value of $400. So what I mean by that is I'm not a hundred percent, but I am pretty sure when you pay that cost that ensures your book for up to $400, right? So for example, you could have ultimate fallout four and a potential nine, eight, right? Ultimate fallout four and a nine, eight is like an $1,800 book right now, right? So that's higher than $400. So if something happens to your book in the process of, coming back from CGC as you see or something, they lose it, whatever. And you know, that's rare, but yes, there are times when people have, you can find on YouTube, it's like CGC lost my book, right? If you put it under modern, you're only going to get $400 for that potentially $1,800 book when they replace that replacement value, right? So even though it's before, after 1975, you have to be understand like what your you know value roughly is for, um, your book. Um, so that way you make sure you get it in the right tier, right? Because as the next tier, right, is what they call the economy. Oh, and so the modern tier is $24 a book, right? So everybody get graded in the modern tier is $24, right? There's obviously going to be some shipping costs and things like that also associated, but essentially the per book is $24. Uh, 
Then there's the economy submission, right? Economy is any time frame, so it can be before 1975, but it too is only up to a $400 value, right? That costs you $35, right? Again, you may have a book you want to grade that's before 1975 and it's not worth more than $400. This is the tier for you, right? This is kind of what the, for your best um, value. Now, the next tier up is standard. Standard is a up to $1,000 in value, right? So if you have a book that's worth $800, this is the tier you want to use, right? But it costs $80 per book, right? So that is obviously a significantly higher value. But again, if you want that protect, and I do believe if you submit a book that is worth more than $400, say, to like the economy tier, I believe CGC will call you or message you or somehow and say like, hey, this doesn't fit this tier. If you want it graded, you've got to get it, you've got to bump it up and we're going to charge you for that extra amount. So I don't think you can get away with being sneaky there. Because I don't think they want to deal with the hassle of like them losing a $1,000 book, but you only put $400 on it. And you'd be like, well, that book's worth $1,000. Why am I only getting $400? So I think, I think that is something to do. I've never had that experience, but I'm pretty sure that's what they do. Yeah, I think you're right. Once if they see it, if it's pretty much pretty obvious, I think some some way, like uh, your Doom book at four four point five, maybe I don't know what exactly the value is now, but probably around four or five hundred bucks, right? Something like that, I think. Okay, so it's right around that edge. So yeah. probably would go through, but you send an ultimate Fallout nine eight. <laughs> yeah. On that, they're gonna find. They're gonna see that. So yeah. So that's standard. That's up to a thousand dollars, and again, that's eighty dollars. Um, your next tier is what they call it. And I will say, as you go up in tier, though, your turn time gets shorter and shorter and shorter, right? Um, and with these other tiers, there's also a $15 fast track fee where you can push yourself up the line a bit. I don't know how much it cuts down your time, but that is an option to you. Uh, but the next tier is what they call Express. Um, and this is going to be same thing, but this is now up to $3,000 in value, right? So JP showed that GSX um, one that he just got. Um, that is a 4.5, right? That's more than a thousand dollars, but it's not more than three thousand dollars, right? So if he got that raw, he would submit that under the express tier for up to three thousand dollars. Cost on that again goes up. It's one hundred and thirty dollars. All right. Anything above three thousand dollars, what you do is you have to put it through what they call the walkthrough tier. And a walkthrough is you don't pay. Whereas all these other tiers, you pay as you submit, and they don't charge your credit card until they actually check it in. But you're agreeing to pay this amount. When you send it in through walkthrough, you don't know the price yet because the cost is 3% of the fair market value, right? So I don't know exactly what they use for fair market value, but they probably you know use a number of services that they determine. So if they grade your Tales of Suspense 39, right? First Iron Man, which you talked about earlier, right? So 5.0. They're going to look and say, what's the fair market value of a 5.0 first Iron Man? They're going to say, we'll just say $10,000, right? So your cost to grade that book at 3% is $300, right? So obviously these books that we talk about Superman 1 at $500,000, right? That's going to be expensive to grade, right? But again, you need that level of insurance if you're spending a book that valuable, obviously, right? Um, so that is the walkthrough tier. And there is a minimum of $150 on that, right? So... You could submit, I mean, you could submit something that's five, worth 30 bucks, right? And you could submit it on the, the walkthrough tier because you're like, I want this book back super fast and walkthrough is going to be your fastest. You're going to pay 150 bucks for that essentially express service because it is the fastest. Um, 
So there is a minimum charge on that, on that walkthrough tier. Um, the super annoying thing I find about these tiers is you have to do separate submissions for each tier, right? So for example, my submission, I did two modern and two standard, right? But since they're two different tiers, I had to do them as separate. Um, so I actually, I did the two orders separately. So I shipped them together in the same box with each order form in each box, but in the same box, I only had to pay for shipping for the bigger box once. So, so how'd you do that though? So you had a, two boxes inside one box that shipped out or? Yeah, had... yeah, yeah. So I put like, I had the two books in like a kind of a small box and I had two other books in a small and I put the paperwork for each, each of the boxes. And then I put them in a box that was, you know, not much bigger, but fit both of them. And then I sent that directly. That way I had to pay for the shipping one time there. But, this, but like when you, you do your Gemini order, when you do your order, you have to pay for them to ship separately. Even though they could still fit in the same box, but they're different tiers. You're going to pay for each of them to ship separately. Ship back to you separately. Back to you separately, yes. So whenever you, if you put them in Gemini mailers, which can fit up to three books, so let's say you had yeah. five books total, would you put the Gemini mailer in with the two books, and then the paper on top, the order form, you know what they, what you print out for your yeah, order, yeah. right? You just taped it on the top of the Gemini mail, or do you put that inside the? Uh, I, I forget how it was done, and that, just so that they know which is which. So when they get yeah, that, so that, like I think also too. So CGC it'll tell you in the instructions. Usually, like if you do a standard tier, it says write ST on the outside of the box, right? So when they open it up and they see like, oh, this box is ST. This is a standard tier. I put my paperwork then inside that box. So I put the paperwork with the actual comic book. So. At whatever just point my comic box. books were are, I put the paperwork there, enclose that box, and then I ship that with the bigger box. All right, and then just put on right on the Gemini mailer, like modern or standard, so that yeah, they know. I put whatever initials they have you have you put on that. That way they yeah. can see. Because I have a few books that hit like Nova One is 1976, but Tales to Astonish or Astonishing Tales with um, Deathlock 25 is like 1974. So just you know, going to have to be two separate submissions to send those in. So yeah, I now making sure it may so be help me out. Thank you. It may be cheaper though. So I don't know what the Nova one or the Deathlock book is um, worth, but if they're under $400, say you could theoretically do them both as economy. And obviously you're going to pay more $35 versus $24, but then you don't have to pay for that double shipping coming back to you. Right. right. So you may be saving money if you did them both as economy and ship them together. Yeah, if I had a bunch of books under 1975, then that would make sense. It's just if just yeah. one or two were over that. But I think yeah. I have more moderns to send in just that one. So we'll have to, we'll have to see. So Yeah. And I would say to submit to CGC, you would also do have to have an account with CGC. And there's a couple different tiers of account. There's like a free version. And I don't know if the free version you could submit to grade. But you could do like uh, some other things with CGC. But like the first tier is like $25. And then like it gets you like a couple discounts on some things. And then the next tier is like $150. What's nice about the $150 tier of membership is you then get a $150 credit at CGC. Right. So let's just say, you know, if you're doing modern books, right? If you're at $24, if you're doing more than six books, that's going to be over $150. You might as well pay that annual fee of $150, get $150 free in credit. Your right? first that's year. Be your, your first year. Yeah. And then... And then, but you can change if you're not going to submit the following year, you can cancel your uh, your account or you can downgrade. You can go up and down the grades. So depending on what you plan on doing, and there is then another tier up, which is like $250. And I think that's what you want because you're sending in more than 25 books at a time. You're doing multiple submissions. Like that's what a lot of dealers have because they send in 
hundreds of books a year and it gets them like a discount bigger. It, you so, get a little bit of discount on that standard one, nothing on that free one, I don't think, but you get a little, yeah. little bit and then more. But I've seen like Mint Hunter, he's got like every book comes back great. There's like yeah. 30 books. I'm like, Jesus, at $24 a piece or more. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's so those guys probably have the $250 membership, which that gets some discount, but still grading, grading is not cheap. No. Which no, is also, again, why you pay a premium on a book that's already graded. Yeah. yeah. So if you're on, which we might get into next when we talk about pricing, but if you see a book on eBay that's graded for 50 bucks, that's probably less than the cost to get that book graded. Yeah. Yeah. Back, someone, you know, someone's so you, sitting there saying like, I want to get rid of this book and I'm taking a loss on it. Yep. Yeah. And I think a good segue kind of right into before you pick up on the pricing discussion is if you're buying a raw book, right? It would, especially if you're going for something that's going to cost you some good chunk of change. Learning at least the basics of grading the book is a key skill to have because a dealers, as far as in my experience, like from what I've seen and then the way it gets submitted, like dealers always, they, they'll always tell you, they'll tell you this, oh, that book is X grade. And I grade conservatively. They always say, they all say they grade conservatively, right? right? And then you send it in and it's like, huh, it's a little lower than they said, right? <laughs> so it definitely behooves you to have some knowledge of how to grade a book because then you can kind of maybe have some negotiation there. Because at least what I found, like most dealers, even though they say conservative, end up either not conservative or maybe even on the higher end. So again, that's just my personal experience. I'm sure there's people that do truly conservatively grade their books. Yeah, I, I've um, only submitted, I have a one submission, and I think it was five or six books. And most of those books were books that I owned since I was, since the 90s. And they were all kept in the same box. One was a Punisher number 187, and the other one was Hulk 340. The Hulk came back a 9-2, and the Punisher came back an 8-0. I think I read them both exactly the same. I don't know how one was that much difference. I thought they'd both come around an 8-5. So I was happy with the Hulk 340, but I was kind of shocked at the 8.0 on, on the Punisher. So you never know. And I usually try to be, again, I try to be conservative, but again, you get thrown for a loop. Yeah. And that's the thing. At the end of the day, the grade that you get back is completely out of your control, right? You may think you have a 9.8 and it comes back at 8.0, right? You may think you have an 8.0 and it, you come back at a 9.2. Like it is crazy. Some of the stories you'll see. So, yep. It's, never know and and sometimes the dealers may say that try to be conservative but they don't know there's a restoration you know you yeah. think they don't know that so um you gotta know who you're buying from again right yeah yeah all right jp's gonna take us through a little bit on the pricing side of things yep let me go ahead and add now i got into comics early last year early in the year and so did Rohan and got out there looking at antique stores was the first place after after I bought that first ASM 300, had an idea what I want to pay for it. And then I started looking, finding books and finding long boxes at antique stores and some shops around my it wasn't a comic book shop, but some other various places that you wouldn't think at comics. So I needed a place to find the value. So I tried to find the cheapest route to go with first. And that was comic book price guide was what I used first. And started using that to get an idea of the books. And over time, I, I, I've, I've migrated to using Key Collector just because it's, and I'll get into that a little bit later. But the first place to go for grading, again, if you're looking to sell a book, 
okay, if you're looking for a book just for your, in my opinion, just for your collection, Key Collector is a great app. Go Collect, GPA, Cover Price, Price Charting. Those are all the ones we're going to talk about. But if you're strictly looking to sell or flip your book, eBay is the best place to go. You put in your book and the, and the title up there, put in the book that you have. And you're, once it populates, a, 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 you know, try to put in the grade that your raw book roughly is at or the CGC grade it's at in, in the subscription or description there and click sold listings. And that'll give those are what the dealers are looking at price wise. That's whenever you're trying to trade your book in or sell it for a trade or, or trade your book for something else. That's what they're looking at. And that's all they really care about. They have no they don't care about key collector, even though. All these are online. They're all upgradable or not upgradable, but they're all changeable quickly. Like whatever the data is, is what go collect cover price are all using eBay sales, heritage auction sales, I think, and various other auctions to get this data. And mm -hmm. some of them are off. Some of them are, are, are not, you know, are, aren't very close to what what's being shown, you know, like uh, eBay is the easiest way. If you're trying to make sure you don't get burnt on a book, check eBay, especially the sold listings, because there is quite a vast difference between, in my opinion, key collector and what eBay sells in some cases. Yeah. It's, again, eBay is auctions and it's buy it now. And the Not to mention, sites, one good thing about eBay, it's free. Like you can use that service free. Right. right. You can eBay's free. And that's the, the other one. Like a key collector is fairly cheap. Cover prices, a couple bucks a month, but eBay is free and it's going to have the most up-to-date data in regard to yeah. a price of a book so that you don't get burned on something that, you know, if you may keep it for your, for your collection, again, you might just check eBay to make sure you're not overpaying for it because that's the going price. That's the going market with majority of the United States and the world that are trading and they're buying and selling comic books here. Whatnot's another place to buy and sell. Um, there's... Uh, what is that one called? Short boxed. Um, yeah, there's like my slabs. My slabs, but the but the volume, the volume at eBay is just, in my opinion, so high that you're going to be more accurate when you're trying to buy or sell a book to a dealer or to someone online. Yeah, and, and because it's and because it's the largest platform, you're going to probably be able to find any book on eBay. Right, and you're gonna. But again, some auctions I've seen auctions for books that are worth a hundred dollars go at for a dollar, just because no one was watching it. So that doesn't really signify exact price. And so that's that's sometimes differential. You'll see a book sell on eBay and then you'll look at key collector and see a vast difference. And I find that a, a lot. So again, if it's a hot book, let's let's say ultimate fallout shows at, at a price of you know seven hundred dollars or five hundred and eighty dollars, let's say that's what it's recently on key, key collector. But in all honesty, you go on eBay, it may not sell for that. You may find it for less cheap, much cheaper, the trending price on eBay. So I tend, I started off looking at key collector and I got not burnt, but enough that there was such a significant difference that eBay's my, my go-to key collector. And I'll, let me get to that in a second, but eBay is in my opinion, if you're going to try to sell your book or, or buy a book, if you need one that is strictly to find your graded books, GPA is I think about 10 bucks a month. Yeah. eBay's free GPA is 10 bucks a month and it'll, it'll show you graded books and give you the vast pricing of a graded book at a one Oh, all the way up to the nine, eight. And yeah. Sales data. And I think like the, when you talk with buying books from dealers and things like that, like at least in my experience, the most important number is the last sale, right? So you're buying this book 5.0, the, 
they're going to say last sale on a 5.0 was $400, right? And that's the price, you know, in your best interest, you're going to hope to be under last sale, right? They're going to hope to sell at last sale or maybe a little bit above last sale. So last sale is kind of like the most important data point, which again, like what JP said, you can find that on eBay because GPA is going to use sales from eBay. It's going to use sales from Heritage and various other platforms as well. And eBay will, if like the trending book that I just had on Instagram, I just showed was the Hypno Hustler, that spectacular Spider-Man, right? It's going, it's, it's all over the place on eBay. Like I think it's averaging about 50 bucks, but when that book hit and got popular, Key Collector probably didn't update it, but they can update much faster than back in the day in the 90s when we, you and I collected. It was Wizard. It was already yeah. on paper. It's like getting a newspaper in the mail. That The news is already updated, um, yeah. changed since you got that that news. So they are updating faster, but eBay's show is trending, right? That's the books that are got hot, and you can see them pretty quickly. GPA, from my use, has all been just graded books. I can't get an idea of raw books, which is mostly what I find when I'm out hunting for books um next is go collect i've used them i had a, I had free subscriptions to both gpa didn't use it as much as i did go collect i do like their um it's a subscription site a couple bucks a month um does have a trending list which is nice um same thing mostly from what i gathered was graded books on go yeah. collect and I use just the Go Collect uh, free service, and it provides more than enough data. Like you'll get like a book, and it'll show you all the grades for fair market value or last sold. And like to get all of them, you have to have the paid version. But like, first you may have a 6.0, and it'll show you like a to get the 6.0 price, you may need to upgrade. But it'll show you a 4.0 and a 7.0, say right. And you can kind of just like okay, so I'll just kind of go somewhere in the middle there. That's what I, I was trying to use the Go Collect for the free one for that that. Uh... GSX 4.5 and it, it went 4.0 to 6.0. I'm like, that doesn't help me out because, you yeah. know, vast difference, yeah. but true. For the most part, if you're looking at graded books, again, I most of the stuff I find are raw books. So I use Key Collector. I It's graphically, I think it's a, a pl pleasing to the eyesight. They give you these hot lists. Um, you know, it's two bucks a month. You know, it gives you, you know, prices low, mid and, and high. So they're not graded books, but it gives you a, a vast range. So maybe on that ultimate fallout, it'll say 580 on the high end, but a 9.6 might still go for seven or $800 because that's graded versus the key collector high end is around a nine two. Right? Yeah. And I will say I, what I'll say about key collector. If you are a collector, in my opinion, key collector is the best app to know what it is for because especially if you're like out there hunting things key collector is a list a database of every essentially i mean I've, there's yet to be a comic book i have not found on key collector or a comic book run it will let you know what books are the books of significance right hence the term key collector right it shows you all the keys in amazing spider-man all the keys in x-men all the keys in whatever run you're looking at right and while the prices that they give may not be currently accurate it does give you a sense of like, is this a valuable issue? Right. Right. So if you're out there and you're in a dollar bid and you're searching like, oh, this uh, X-Men 62, is this worth anything? You can look on key collectors like, oh, that's a key because it's the, you know, first appearance of so-and-so. And it'll have some values there and you can be like, oh, that's, a, those are, you know, that's a $200 book per key collector. And then it's selling it here for this dollar bid. Like it may not be worth $200, but it's probably worth more than a dollar if it shows right. it at that level on key. So it's like, it gives you a good idea of what books have significance and there's just a lot of valuable information to learn on like oh it's just cool to learn like 
ASM 300 is the first appearance of uh, Venom and you know, it's so much more details than that that it has. So it's just a great app. Like I would put it at number one on my app to use if you're a comic book collector. Yeah. Going through antique stores and flea markets. It's a great book. It's long, great app. As long as you have internet connection. Yeah. seems like every antique store I go to has no internet connection. I don't know if there's a way to download it that you can still use it, but it's such vast. You said every book is in there if it's a key. Yeah. Right. So, and it's great to get that information that it, why it's a key and, and roughly an idea if you're um, a value. So if you see it for a buck, you can say, oh, shit, it's saying it's $50. Yeah. I'll grab it. Now, you might go on eBay and someone's selling it for $6. Yeah. Which, yeah. to me, is the what aggravates me. So you got to kind of use them both. And that's what I've been doing is using both Key Collector and and uh, eBay to try to get a better idea if I'm going to think I'm going to flip a book. If it's something, I just bought the um, Adam Man number. I forget the number on it. What is it at? Let's say, I think it's, I don't know, let's just say 58. I can't remember the, the number of it. I knew what I was paying for it was, I didn't, I, I cared what I was paying because I, but I knew it was in range, but I wanted that book, right? So as long as I knew it was in within the range on, on how it looked, I was okay with it. So both of those, both of those apps helped me to make sure I wasn't overpaying. Now I might've paid somewhat more, somewhat less, but at least I was in within the range and I'm fine with that. Key Collector also has the hot 10 list, the trending list. Um, it's it's great for those, you know, it, you can find any type of genre or, uh, you know, uh, covers, right? So variant covers, you can look at, um, you know, uh, what do you call them? Iconic covers. You can look at. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I find that fun. Like it's sometimes like when I'm bored, I'm like, oh, this is Java Key Collector. And it's like, I want to look at a list of their best keys for black comic book characters right and they have that category yep. and you just select that category and it's like fantastic 452 and uh you know luke cage number one and they'll like list off all these books that you should look at if you want to look at characters of black characters like and you can do that with almost they have every type of category you could think of almost right you could just even just go to the category button and search through all the various categories right they have a category yeah, for have yellow covers for instance like there's categories for everything and that's it's cool if you're like just you know I've got some free time or you want to like mess around. You're at at the flea market and you're just trying to see what 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 should I be looking for here? What's hot? What's on the hot list? If you care about that, again, that doesn't it drives me to see if I can find them on there. But it's a great it's a great option key collector for for the for quick knowing of it of being a key book plus a resource in itself. Um, the next one is is cover price. I just got a subscription to this one again. This one is great. Uh, in my opinion, it's fairly inexpensive, but it's going to give you both graded and raw books and give you updated sales data on both graded and raw, which is very helpful to have a one place to go to for both. So I just got this subscription, a couple bucks, but I'm going to start using this more often. It does not have an app like Key Collector or eBay. So that's the one downside I've seen about this is there's no app for it. There's not an app for that that I found. I checked on the iTunes stores. If, if somebody snows differently, let me know. But just for my ease, when I'm on my laptop, this is great. When I'm at in the store and I have my phone and I'm at a flea market, I key collector and eBay for me. Um, again, they're going to have hot keys. Uh, a lot of different um, YouTubers out there will do um, a top 10 list based on cover price, what they're seeing. So that's kind of cool that they'll tie into the cover price. Um, no, but there's some different subscription limits. You you can bump up from the two ninety five to six or seven dollars, and you're going to get a little more, a higher amount of 
comics that you can store on their digital site for your collection, right? They all have that option of, you know, keep my collection, but there's limits to how much they'll keep. And for a couple bucks more per month, you can keep unlimited amounts versus just a hundred comics for that two ninety five price point that I'm at. But I don't really use them to store the books on there digitally. I use that. I use Key Collector for that. So, um, but I think it's it's great that you have both graded and raw books to get some price data on. Um, and the last one here is price charting. This is for video games, cards, comics. Everything is on here. Pokemon. If you want a place that you're out hunting and you see something that you don't know much about, you want to look something up, price charting is pretty cool for that. Um, it's a video game. Give you an idea. Again, eBay will help you on that too. give you what the trending uh, prices are. But price charting will give you, like we spoke about earlier, the free model of key collect. Price charting gives you 4060890, right? It's I, even though my subscription, I think, is the full subscription um, because it, it, someone passed it on for me to try it out, it had those, didn't have all the tiers. So it was a little limited in that regard. But just to get an idea, it, it was pretty helpful when it came to looking at comics and some of the Pokemon I wanted to check out. But I do think that if you don't know what you're looking at, check eBay and they'll tell you if it's popular and if someone's selling it. So, um, like I said before, I use key collector and eBay when I'm out hunting, if I'm buying graded books, I think the cover price is great. Um, you know, if someone can say go collect, someone could say GPA it just depends on, on your preferences, but they're all, they're all pretty comparable. I think for giving you recent sales data. Yeah. And I mean, is there a best, like, I mean, I think the best is just like, you know, more data, the better, right? If you have more data points that, you know, this book sells at this price, the better off you're going to be. So like, you know, if you have the ability to subscribe to them all, like you're probably gonna be better off. But like, I don't think that's fully necessary. But I do think like, especially, you know, especially the ones that have the free services, I think you're, you want to definitely like use or learn how to use one of these. That way you have a general idea of what you're going after and looking at per, potentially purchasing. Yeah, I mean, it's, eBay's pretty knowledgeable, at least on quick sales yeah. data. You can see the trending and how many are sold, when the date was and all that. Um, the, the cover price is going to accumulate all that data over the course of a year and give you some charting to see where things are trending. Key collector is going to tell you, hey, this is a hot book. Um, so they all have their advantages and disadvantages. But um, hunting wise for me, key collector and eBay are great. And then cover price when my, I'm at home looking on eBay for <laughs> A couple of those graded books to see what uh, what they're what they're ranging at, yeah, on, on cover price. So yeah, so I think I think that's about wraps up what we want to talk about today. Do you have anything else you want to add? Rohan? No, I it just like you know, like we said, when it comes to grading, when it comes to you know learning about pricing, like there's just a lot of nuances, right? And like even JP and I that are just new to this are still learning all those different things. So you know learn as much as you can. And that could be via YouTube videos. That could be, you know, like we said, what we say, like reach out to us. I'm happy to answer and help as much as I can, you know, or if I can't help or JP can't help, like we've now met other people that have done this a lot longer and we can point you in their direction. Like it was really great about the comic book community that I've found is that just everyone is very friendly in terms of like asking for help. Like there are multitudes of people that are willing to help and answer questions for you. So don't feel like you don't know the answer and you're just going to kind of wait. Like there are people you know, if it's not us, so we can point you in the direction, you know, there are people that are willing and out there to help. So just learn as much as you can. The more you know, the better off, right? As the classic phrase goes. <laughs> That's right. So always uh, hit up the resources that you can um, learn more about. It's ever changing. There's people been in, that 
didn't get out of it have been in it since the 90s or even prior to that. And I like listening to those guys, too, because they've seen it all. And you and I have been just, you know, we got into the, at the beginning of the, the you know, the peak. And then we've seen the, 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 the drop off here. And we've seen the CGC open up with, with uh, their downtimes has been much faster, their turnaround time. So that's been a positive. But we've seen that pricing come down, which is to our benefit. But then again, you know, where we where things were a year ago is cr- vastly different now. So, um, yeah the information's out there and you know i just think keep keep reading keep on picking as i say you know and uh use the apps appropriately do your best you can with grading um again it's all subjective though yeah it's not ai there's no robot telling you what the grade is it's yeah it may eventually get there and i think that would be the best solution right if it can get to there because that way you have like a consistency yeah every time at least on that nine eight because i i do a lot of Flea, flea market antique store hunting and i don't think i've ever seen a 98 i don't think any of my books are 98 i just don't think anything's perfect because it's all been touched it's all been opened up and read and i just maybe i could send a book and it's close and i'll get lucky and get it back but i just don't think unless that book was taken from marvel in a uh you know protective metal case and flown to cgc by superman it is not going to come back a 98 i know they do all the time but i just feel like there's so much that can go wrong with one little tick on the board. Yeah, I, and that's it, right? Like, I would tell you, let's just say, like, we're out at a garage sale hunting and we find a Superman 1. Like, I just talked about this book, 5.0 silver, or selling for $600,000, whatever it is. If I had a book that we're talking about, like, mega bucks, I would honestly take the book and I would fly to Florida myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I would drop it off personally and I would book a hotel until it was and wait. back and wait. Because that way I and then I'd fly back with it, right? Because like when it gets up there, man, I would not mess around. But like again, what are the chances I'm gonna find Superman one? Very like unlikely. But I'm just saying, like if it came right. to that, like I was talking to a dealer, he's like, I have a Fantastic Four one raw and about, and he had like you know like a Hulk one raw, so these high dollar books in a, in a collection. Of me. He's like, I feel so bad about I don't want to send those all in the mail. Like, yeah, dude, if I was you, I would literally just fly down to Florida and do those personally and then come back. Yeah, because I mean, again, that walkthrough tier at that level too is going to be just a couple days for them. Oh, that, yeah, and you're paying big money for it. So, what are you going to pay anyway for your insurance? Like that for that type. Like when you're mailing a book and they say up to a hundred dollars, if you got fifty bucks, what you're mailing out, you're not going to yeah. up the insurance. But you're sending something like that. You might as well take, you know, take all the insurance you can, and in that case, fly it down yourself. For if it's that much of a value, don't don't trust. Not saying not to trust the post office, but you can up the value and pay more, but why not just fly it down yourself? Yeah. Again, I don't have any books that are anywhere near that level or I need to fly myself, but I'm just I'd probably just drive do. down where I'm at. I'd just yeah, drive down. But there are books out there that I think it would definitely be worth just flying down there yourself. Yep. I agree. But I don't grade very many books. I do. I, I've only done a couple of my time just because of the hassle. I think I do have some I want to send back down, but I'm running out of room on my walls to hang the graded books. So it's much easier to store books and regular mylar, in my opinion. But um, they do look nicer displayed in a grade. So I may do more this year since my my one year anniversary for CGC comes up in I think May, May or June, May or June. So I'll do a couple more books one more time before that before I drop that. Uh, yeah, I will say again, this is obviously the horror story, but like God forbid something happens to you, right? And now your wife is got this collection of comic books, and it's like. So I just sell this at a garage sale. She may not know what she has there and she's put them all for five bucks. 
That being said, if you've got them graded, like your high dollar books graded, it is easy to then determine the price of what she can sell those books at. So just something yeah, to think about. How many people come in, come into a comic shop because they found a box of books and it's X-Men 1, but it's 1991 X-Men 1. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this is $5,000. No, no, no. You're looking at, and CGC will show you on the label what you're looking at yeah. and how to look it up. Whereas you just have a raw book and they go on eBay, they, you know, type in the wrong data and, you know. I've seen it happen many, many times over the last year. So yeah. um, plenty out there to have knowledge on, like I said, where to find chart pricing at, where to, how to grade them. Grading does definitely, that's a good idea just to have them graded if safety of your collection. Uh, if something ever happens to you, there, no one's going to say, you know, this looks like a piece of crap book. No, it's in a nice plastic hard container. <laughs> yeah, with right. a grade already on it. Yep. So. Yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed today's show. We always enjoy doing these. Uh, we are not experts. We are not grading experts. We are not pricing experts. We are not dealer experts. We are non-geek, non-nerds who like to collect comic books and have an idea as to how to buy and sell them. But, you know, there's if you have a better idea, by all means, hit us up with a comment, an Instagram message. We'd love to hear from you. We want to learn more. We want to be better at this. And we want to have the best collection out there. Uh, someday, Superman won and and uh, Fantastic Four one and AF fifteen, you know, we'll yeah. have them all, right? That's right. That's <laughs> so, the goal. But yeah, I appreciate all you guys listening to us. We had a great time as always. We'll see you guys on episode seven. All right, later, guys. Peace.